Hi everyone, Jamie here from Batball Podcast and this short segment I'm going to talk to you about is about your garage doors. Now, this sponsored segment is one of the new segments we're going to be doing so that you don't have to listen to it in video, it'll be at the start before the episode. And um, today we're going to be talking a little bit about your garage doors. Your garage doors are happy to sponsor the Batball Podcast. They supply, install and maintain all forms of domestic garage doors. And even better, they offer free quotation service and have a showroom available in Long Eaton. Perfect for all my people living in uh, Nottingham, living local. Uh, I will leave there. Uh, if you want to get in contact with them, you can either message me, Jay Martin, on Facebook and I'll give you theirs. Or you can call 0800 772 So you can call them on that 0800 772 So get in contact with your garage doors, guys. And uh, I'll speak to you very soon. Enjoy the episode. Hello there, everybody. Jamie here from the Batball Podcast. Now, it's been quite a while. Um, well, I say quite a while. It's been about a week. Um, I have been not here, as you probably guessed. And we had a, a podcast a guest cancellation last week. So that episode will be rescheduled and we will redo that. Um, but before I kind of talk about today's episode, as we are back... Don't forget to check out the sponsor segment that was mentioned before and check out the service that they provide because they are absolutely awesome. So episode 40 today, we are now counting down the days until we turn one. Now, if I checked on my phone very quickly, it's the 21st of March today. So that is six days until we turn one. So that's next Saturday. Crazy, crazy year. And I wanted to make this month the best it can possibly be. Um, juggling school and and other things as well and so I thought who should we have on today as a guest who shall we have on because last week I may have disappointed you all um I hope I didn't bore you off but we had two Jay Martins in a row uh, the first one was really good second one was just me rambling on so I thought you know what let's redeem uh, for last week's episode and so I've got James Towler here how are you doing hi you're right yeah, not too bad. I'm really glad to have you on today. Um, episode 40, as I've mentioned. Well, thank you for having me on. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely awesome. And, and James is a, a big part of Beeston's community and a, a good friend of mine as well. So without me telling you too much, James, would you like to tell my guests a little bit about what you do and who you are? Yeah, um, I, I class myself as a mental health support worker. And um, what I used to work at the uh, Volunteer Centre, Voluntary Action Broxstone. Um, and I, I did. Um, I was working on a project uh, there called uh, First Steps, and uh, I did that for two years. And that was to help and enable people who, who had or ha- had had mental health problems to volunteer, access social opportunities, and um, also looked after the in-house volunteers there. So I had uh, about seventy odd volunteers I looked after, mm. and uh, they're all in-house. So they they worked um, either in the on the reception in the offices and uh, we had a tea room on a Friday as well like a little old-fashioned tea room and uh, so, so I looked after all the volunteers there mm. and um, the, the, the thing with First Steps it, it wasn't just about um, them volunteering but it was what they got from volunteering as well so it's about building their confidence up and uh, because some, some of them may have not been in work for two or three years and you you know, with, with mental health issues, you, you lose your confidence, um, especially if you've not been working for a while. 
and it was just about building their confidence back up. And it, it, I, I would say, you know, the project was a success because we had about uh, during my time there, that, that was two years. Um, There's about 32 people who, who went into paid employment, which is, you know, awesome. Really. Um, and 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 after the thing, when um, it was. It, it wasn't the money for me so much. It, it, it was nice to earn some money there, but but that wasn't likely a big thing for me. It was it was seeing people blossom, you know, it, from where they'd come from. It, it's very like really down or um, or, or, or you know really in a stuck place, and then seeing them blo- slowly blossom into and they'd get their confidence back and feel better about themselves. Yeah. That's that's excellent, and, and you know I, I really respect you for that, and I respect anybody working in the field because I think it's a massively overlooked subject. And although we do talk about mental health um, a lot more than we used to, it's still overlooked. It is still most certainly overlooked, and people underestimate um, how devastating it can be to somebody, and um, because there is people that have have had mental health issues for five years, ten years, so on. Um, and there's people that have had it all their life. Um, and, um, uh, I would say I've had depression and anxiety for 25 years. Hmm. Um, and that, that, that started in the um, early 20s. Um, it, it, I think it was a, through um, a number of situations that happened at the, all at the same time, came all together. So I, at the time I was working at the uh, Nottingham Road in the cinema, I was only about 20, 19, 20, mm. and um, I, I lost my job there. And um, th- th- then a few days later, I got, I got my foot caught in a lift shaft in, um, in Nottingham Station. <laughs> um, it, it, my foot got crushed in the lift shaft and it, I, got, I got stuck in the, this lift shaft and had to have a fire crew to cut me my foot out of the lift shaft. Um, and I, I was in um, hospital for about two weeks with that. And while while I was actually in hospital, my mum and dad moved away, <laughs> um, not 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 leaving me in hospital. Mm. But they took me with them when I came out. So I I, I I came I came out and I immediately went 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 down to uh, Essex, a uh, place called Shenfield in Essex, and uh, away from all my friends and. Um, and uh, everybody I knew, and the only person I knew, people I knew down there, was my mum and dad. Mm. And it was like one of the muter towns, and it was really a quiet place, you know, it, for 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 a for a twenty year old. <laughs> there was nothing going on there at all. You know, I, I always said that the it was it was either kids that lived there, or there was people people. My, my, I would say my mum and dad at the time were, were the next youngest people after. So there was like really old people that lived there or really young people, like kids that lived there, but nobody really my age. Mm. So to go from like Nottingham, you know, I had all my mates here and, you know, I was, you know, I was going out nearly every every night, you know, and, and to, you know, I had my best mate here and had all my, all my other mates. And just to go from suddenly that to having nobody... It felt like it. I, I don't know. It felt like a punishment in a way. It's like, what have I done wrong? You know, that, that's how I felt inside. You know, inside, I felt, what have I done wrong? You know, because that's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's yeah to to have to have that all all that happen at once. Uh, it really it did affect me and really did uh, yeah put me into 
yeah, a downwards slide at the time, you know, it's, yeah, it felt, yeah, very, very down, very depressed. Mm. It's, it's an absolutely horrible thing. And the things you mentioned are absolutely horrible. Um, and I, I think, so would you, would you say that the, the social interaction or the lack of social interaction that you had when you moved away um, was one of the causes of this? Yeah, I, I think it's because I, I, I felt, has this happened to me because I'm a bad person you know mm. um that that's that's what that's what was playing in my head you know it, it was you're a bad person you, you, it, it must be this must have happened to you because you're a bad person and and, and if, you, if you if if you keep telling if you, if you keep telling yourself that you, you know it, your mind keeps telling you that then you start to believe it so um so, so it was a long um because it, it, it took a long time because I was, I was down there five years mm. Uh, I got a job in London. I worked in London for a bit and didn't like didn't like London because I found it. I think unless you know people in London, it's a very lonely place. Mm. It, yeah, if you, it's one of those places quite clicky, you know. And if if you're living, uh, if you live and work in London, if you work in London, it can, it can be quite a lonely place. Yeah. Mm. And, and the place where I lived was a commuter town, so it, so people tended to because it had a good um, train service into London that's why people live there so people would get in their cars in the morning there was no real community people getting in, in their cars in the morning drive down to uh, the Shenfield station and um, then get on the train <laughs> so no community really and now I was used to that you know I was used to some sort of community like nothing nothing is still is and always was a very friendly place not in the machine you know mm. yeah I, I agree i think i've heard a lot of reports um about london and and similar to what you've just said i think they are very i think for me i'm used to living in um no no like a just a small town you know a town a nice community still a lot yeah. going on um as we'll highlight later um and <laughs> And there's a lot of things going on and it is a really nice place to live and there's things to do um there's not uh, it's not overwhelming there's not uh loads of noise there's not loads of problems you know we have our moments but it's a fantastic yeah. place to live um nottinghamshire and beeston as well um, and and i would say it's one of the best communities to live in and that is purely based off the fact that i have lived here for 15 years and i love it um yeah and in terms of you know your experiences in Beeston, like kind of, so so I understand that you love Beeston, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so um, I, I moved. I moved here in um, about two thousand. Um, I, I I used I before I moved to to, to uh, Essex for five years. I lived in West Bridgeford right. with my mum and dad. Um, we, we moved moved I think to West Bridgeford when I was about eight. Mm. And um, so we, we lived in West Bridgeford for quite quite a long time. I think about 1984 to about 95. Mm. Um, and uh, then that out, obviously all the, all that stuff happened and we ended up where I ended up, you know, in, in Essex. And um, yeah, it, it it I think it took a, what I was doing is I was I was getting the Nottingham Post delivered to where I was in Essex. Because really, I didn't want to. I, though I had a job for a bit in in London, I, I wasn't really. I don't, I don't know. I, I, it just didn't. I didn't feel like I was in the right place. And didn't feel London like home. Didn't, no, L London didn't really suit me, and I felt quite lonely there. Hmm. And um, where, where 
where I was working, I, I felt like I was overcompensating in some ways because I, I was try, trying to be too nice, and I think it, it actually annoyed people, you know, because because mm. I wasn't really being myself, you know, it has been because uh, because I, I was trying to make friends, you know, um, but um, yeah, so so and uh, what happened is I, I got this. I was looking in the Nottingham Post, and I, I saw this opportunity to. Um, it says, "Do you want? Do you want to go to? Uh, do you want to go abroad for three months?" And that's all, all it said in the in, in the Nottingham Post, and it it was um, like a scheme called the uh, Leonardo da Vinci scheme. Mm. And what it was is you worked and studied in for three months. And I thought this is probably what I just need just to get 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 my mojo back. <laughs> um, so um, that, that, that's what I did. Um, I, I applied and and they had um, a lot of people wanted to go to Gran Canaria, which I can understand. But um, I, I actually wanted to, I actually wanted to go to Holland, so I went to Maastricht in Holland, hmm. and three months over there in in, in Maastricht, um, and you had like a you know, had like a host family that you you stayed with, and um, you, you had a they put you out there for a three week language course. You went to a centre and learned, learned three weeks of like language and uh, but the, the funny thing was that when I actually um a few weeks touch lessons I came out of uh, and started 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 going to work and and uh, being in the community there mm. and um they actually their, their own dialect they didn't have they didn't speak Dutch <laughs> they didn't oh. speak much English either. <laughs> so it was a lot of like hand waving and communication <laughs> it was like hi yeah that, that's all I know it must so, have been so quite a tough situation. This post room there, and it was like all sort of like they they, they didn't sp they spoke their own dialect, which was called Limburg's, mm. and, um, which is like a sort of South Holland's like sort of Welsh or Scottish or you know whatever, and, um, and so they didn't speak much Dutch, didn't speak much English. So it was it was just basically you showing it was like hand signal showing you what to do, you know. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. Uh... I think the um, the language barrier, huge thing that people don't really talk about that much, um, because if you do want to work internationally, yeah, taking on the job, yeah, no, um, <coughs> pardon me. Your best um, thing to learn in language, I think, is actually to just go and be can be in the community because you will learn a lot more just by picking it up. You pick it up because you're forced into it. Then, whereas the language language course yeah you, you may learn some but I, I found that being in being actually in the community because if you want to buy a pint you know <laughs> you, you quickly learn you know <laughs> mm. yeah definitely I, I think well I did learn Spanish for a couple months but I just became lazy I wasn't forced into it it was out of choice which is yeah, usually the yeah. tough part so Kind of one question I'd like to ask you though, because obviously I, I know you know you love Beeston, um, as you mentioned. But what for you is so special about Beeston? Um, I think it's like a big. Um, I think of it as like a big melting pot. Really, it's, it's it's unusual because we've got so many different varieties of people. Like, like um, we've got the got people who've lived there all their lives. You know, sort of old school Beeston people. You know like growing up here for, since birth and kind of thing but then you've got like people have come from other areas like London or but but they sort of all, all seem to fit in and you've got of course you've got a big student population 
but we all seem to like rub along together or okay you know and i think it's just it's, it's good how this big melting pot of people so all get on work together and it all seems to work you know mm. yeah definitely and i understand you work at middle street resource center as well you do a lot of work there yeah i, I don't i don't actually work there as a worker but yeah, I, yeah. I, I volunteer there um mm. and i do um, a group called the mindset relaxation group um and uh, i've been doing that about four years now Mm. And because uh, I, I, the projects um, I was doing it um, at the volunteer centre came to an end um, because of funding, <laughs> like it always is. It's, it's always usually a funding thing. Mm. Uh, so I thought, well, what am I going to do next? And and I'd worked closely with Middle Street, obviously, because it was a mental health project. And uh, I, I, I knew a lot of people at Middle Street. I knew, I knew the, the managers there. And, and also I was involved uh, uh, even before... Um, I went to uh, Voluntary Action Broxdale. I, I was involved, you, you know, uh, we're talking a good 10, 10 or so years ago when they were trying to close Middle Street down. Yeah, yeah. So we're trying to close Middle Street down and, and then it got taken over by by, by, by the people who, who sort of ran it, you know. Uh, um, so the people who run it now are, are like people, like ex-service users. And so it's, it's, it's really good how it's run now. Um, mm. But the, uh, yeah, originally it was, it was by Nottingham County Council, and they have still got an involvement, but but the uh, yeah at the time it was it was going through a strange period where they just wanted to shut the whole place down, and you know that's hard now. That's awful. <laughs> I mean, I think it's been been there since the seventies. Wow. You know, always you know predominantly helping people with mental health issues. So yeah, and I'm really thankful actually that they have done that. Um, and to see it run by, as you said, ex-service users, um, I think is is also fantastic because they understand how it feels and they understand, you know, what has happened. And, and I'm not saying that the county council don't, um, because I think we've no. all experienced our own um, struggles with mental health problems. Um, and yeah. I think will throughout our lives. Uh, you know, I say to myself all the time, struggled with school now. But I, I can imagine that there's will be more difficult times in the future. Um, yeah I don't doubt that but I'm prepared for that and I know ways to deal with it now you know whereas yeah. before it was a case of just oh just don't worry about it just ignore it but that didn't do me any good you know oh no and I think that's the worst thing is if, if you try and ignore something it, it's in front of you it, 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 it come it come back to you like it, it's sort of like sort of multiplies really mm. I think the more you try to push something away the, the more it comes back to you so so yeah, I, I I I did that when I you know when I was down in Essex, you know that that, that was so I, I was try, trying to sort of deny to myself that there was anything wrong. I knew something was wrong, but I tried to I was denying to myself that there was something wrong. And I think it was it was it must have been about nineteen ninety nine something like that that, that I first and I started reading a few self help books. And there, there are some really good self help books out there, and there's some really rubbish ones. Mm. Um, but it's it's sort of, it's sorting the wheat from the chaff really it's it's finding the, the right books and that are true to you you know mm. and um and then i sort of got into philosophy and started to i went to play when, when i got back to nottingham i started it as going to the school of philosophy yeah and um so and i did that for about five years and that's that's where i sort of learned my grounding and my meditation mm. and did um transcendent meditation for five years mm. and, and, and yeah, with that i, I actually did meditated um, in the in the morning and in the evening. So I meditated in the morning for half an hour, 
and then meditated in the evening for half an hour. So it was it was like a discipline, really. Mm. So yeah, I was doing that for five years nearly. I I, I tried to do it now, but I've, it's 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 not as I don't find it as easy because I'm not with the school of philosophy anymore. I think it helps when you are doing something like that. But but yeah, I, it doesn't. The good thing is, I think once you've established it, it doesn't go away. Meditation, so it's always there now. Mm. I've established it, so. Um, I can sort of tap into it now because because it, it's established. I've established it within within myself. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and as they, they they said, a wise person once said, "A problem shared is a problem halved." So keep that in mind. And in terms of meditation as well, I've never personally done it, but I know many people that have, including yourself. And uh, we have spoke on a few occasions about it. And I think it's really mm. interesting. And I would like to get involved with it. Um, hence why I joined your re- mindset and relaxation group. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. You know, for anybody interested, mindset and relaxation group is on Facebook, right? Yes, it's, it's on Facebook at the moment. Um, we are we are going back to um, ministry on the twelfth of April, Goodness. but the, the the only thing is that we're, we're sort of restricted in numbers at the moment because it's so it's it's eight people at the moment um, right. for self help groups. Um, but hopefully, it, it, I, I'd say you know once once all restrictions are lifted completely, then everyone's welcome. You know, we welcome new members and mm. yeah, yeah, be welcome. That'd be absolutely fantastic. So you do a really good job at Middle Street Resource Centre, and obviously with um, the mindset and relaxation group. So I do encourage anybody that feels like they need to um, to talk to somebody, and also somebody that might just want to try out meditation and you know mindset relaxation. Yeah. We- my group and we've also got uh, they, they, they do music groups and awesome. uh, poetry groups it, all run by people who've had them um, you know uh, their own experiences of mental health so hmm. but yeah that they, they, yeah I, I'd, I'd recommend it if, if, if you if you feel like you need something like that if, even if you want to go and have a chat there, there there's there's um there's workers there that you can chat to and also there's uh, there's, there's there's a range of loads of groups that you can try out and they have a timetable so just just find what's what's your thing really you know what's suits you mm, amazing the work that people are doing in the community in Beeston at the moment is amazing national lockdown yeah. we've had three national lockdowns um we've been podcasting throughout the whole time um and people in Beeston have been more creative than i've ever seen before um, which is on you, which you would think is unusual if you were a year in the past, because you'd think, yeah. surely everybody's just stuck at home doing nothing, bored, um, and their lives are quite depressing um, and quite lonely. So what? So why are people starting up new things? Which I think is really cool that we actually are, um, and we're proving that wrong. Because my idea of the first lockdown was going to be, oh God, what am I going to do? for the next yeah and i won't lie to you it's been a very tough one and you know obviously we've all experienced that um actually this i think it's been more tougher than the the, the last two because the you know the wet the weather's rubbish <laughs> it's mm. cold you know and uh, you can't go out in the garden it, it, i mean one of the other lockdowns i was spending loads of time in the garden you know just mm. chilling in the garden it, 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 that's quite nice you know, but because you couldn't do that this time it's uh been, been a yeah tougher one and but also I, think- I, I, for, for me because um i think 
because my, my my default is you know when I, when I've been in such like in a deep in a depression or a mental health crisis mm. was to sort of um, not go out and stay in you know and uh, sort of keep myself isolated mm. so it was an interesting one first lockdown came in I, 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 that that was my, I wasn't so worried about the virus I was more worried that it was I was going to go into where I isolated myself mm. and. Um, I actually was okay with that because I said to myself, it, it's, it's the situation. You're, you're not doing this to yourself. You're not isolating yourself. It's just what the situation is. Mm. So well, once I've said that to myself, I, I felt okay, really, you know, um, and yeah, I, I felt okay with it. And I felt I could, because a lot of my hobbies are, are I can do indoors anyway. Yeah. Um, but I found the lockdown affected pe- people more. Seems to affect people more who um, who go out and about. You, you, you do like hobbies out, you, you know. You go go do like uh, sports and stuff like that. It, that's that's their that's their you know thing to keep them their well being you know good. But because because a lot of my hobbies you know like I read, read and listening to music and. And uh, things like that. I, I could do. I could do that at home anyway, so mm. it didn't feel so bad. But I, I found it was, a, yeah. I think it's affected everybody in different ways. But I think for particularly people who who like going out and about and and, and doing do, doing stuff outside, you know, I think that's that's really maybe affected them more in a way because because yeah. I've, I've got experience of and I, I I've got coping mechanisms to. To, to if I'm you know isolated and staying in because you sort of manage your depression so yeah you as as, as you um as you go through life you 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 get better at managing your depression and it, but for everybody you know sadly there's people that that don't have those coping mechanisms and um I I suppose I'm a, I'm a sociable person um I don't really go out with my friends much though. I, right. you know I, I do go out with my friends just not a lot um and I think this lockdown has pretty much stopped me seeing them anyway so that's been you know at school it isn't the same is it yeah. you know um I'll go and see fa- family friends you know maybe every now and then family more um, but I think this lockdown has definitely taught us a lot um it's taught us and also it's taught us it's taught me how fortunate I am um, and this will sound absolutely cheesy because it's, you know, what everybody says, but it's taught me how fortunate I am because I've realized that actually somewhere, somewhere else, if they stay in all day or, you know, they, they stay isolated, mm. they might struggle to survive, to survive, you know, yeah. we're in, yeah. we are very fortunate to the point where actually if we stayed in, we're, we're looked after um, to a sense. Yeah. And we have lots yeah. of things available to help us if we need it, um, such as obviously, you know, yourself. Um, but I think my main coping mechanism was keeping busy. Um, mm. And although sometimes I'll moan about being busy, um, not having <laughs> enough time uh, to spend on a game or, you know, whatever, I actually really enjoy it. And yeah, yeah. About, I don't think it's a bad thing. Just don't burn yourself out. But yeah, it, we've been working together for uh, it'd be three months next month um yeah and it's been and we've been working on obviously with ng9 news now obviously i don't 
we were speaking before the podcast about how you got in touch with us to help us. And uh, I don't know if we know how it happened, but but do you, I think with me, it, it came to the point where I said, we're in a third lockdown now. This is not a joke. This didn't end <laughs> in 12 weeks. Um, we're going to be in this situation until summer. What am I going to do? Because podcasts are only two times a week, which for some people is like, okay, well, that's a lot of commitment. Yeah, yeah. But it's still not enough, you know, and schoolwork is not something I particularly enjoy. It's something I have to do. Podcasts I enjoy, don't have to do. But with NGI News, it's something that I enjoy and there's quite a large workload to work with. So, you know, I think that for me, although there's been stressful times, um, been really fun and I enjoy it, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and I kind of wanted to ask you how you're finding it. Yeah, um, I, I think it sort of aligned with, um, it, it, I, I'm all about community, you know, that, that from the jobs I've done. Um, and if, if I can, you know, do something to uh, help the community and help people, because I think it, I think where my, because um, I, I used to be a civil servant and um, I did that for about, 20 odd years doing different various admin jobs and civil service jobs and um i just thought i've, I've done everything i can do now in in <laughs> in in the office there's, there's no sort of office job that i hadn't done um so that that's how i i, I thought right I, I had a sort of a break and um i was looking for work and i thought well i'll go and volunteer because I'd, I'd not done really any volunteering before mm. so um, I volunteered at um, Voluntary Action Broxstow and, and, and I volunteered there for two years on the reception. And then, then the opportunity came up to uh, somebody left the, who was doing the first steps project and um, they, they asked if I'd like to do it. And I said, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'd really like to do that. And, uh, and it, it, it's, yeah, it was, it, it, it became like a, I thought this is my calling because yeah, I, I, you know, I'd got to, I was about, got to about 40 then. And I thought, this is, this is actually what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I want to help people. Uh, I want to help people with, um, you know, mental health issues. Um, and I think that, I think it came from a place that I didn't want anybody to be in that, that position where I was, you know, um, I didn't, didn't want to feel like I did. And, and if they did, I wanted to help them. And so, and it, it just became like a calling and what I should be doing in life. So, Volunteering is the, I think with Beeston as well, because we've got so many kind people, so many generous people, so many people that just genuinely want to help, um, such as yourself. We're very fortunate to have people like you. And... I think a lot of people have not even recognised the, the volunteers as well. Um, so during the vaccination programme, um, a lot of people that yeah. are actually delivering vaccines are volunteers. Volunteers, yeah, paid yeah. To do so. Um, and also big thank you to the NHS. I'm definitely not dis, you know, discrediting for what they've done. They are absolutely fantastic um, and still don't get enough recognition. But to all yeah, the amazing yeah. volunteers playing their part, you know, getting this done. And I love talking yeah. about the vaccine, as you know, um, as I write articles yeah. about it all the time. But do you know what? <laughs> Be optimistic because, yeah. you know, 
Why shouldn't we be? There is a vaccine there. We vaccinated nearly one in every 60 people yesterday in one day. How incredible yeah. is that? And, and as well, I have been called some things on Facebook for supporting it. I've been called all sorts. Uh, you know, uh, this news organisation is partnered with this. Um, you've got links with a pharmaceutical company, this sort of random stuff. He just thinks to yourself, like, why can't we support yeah. a, a global effort, you know, to yeah. help people? And just um, last week, the uh, in Ghana, I think it was, they had a two-week vaccination program and they did 420,000 vaccinations as part of the COVAX program. Yeah. So but things like that are overlooked because people only want to see the negatives in the media. Um, and the, the media only, well, some of the media only wants to report on the negatives. So, yeah. which is what I, I quite like about the NG9 News thing is. Well, actually, I think positive. that's what I like about NG9 News is I, th I think it's, 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 it's quite, it's, it's very factual, you know, it's, mm. it's, and it's quite moral, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it, if, uh, you know, as, as you say, you set it up to, to, to back to the community, not just to take from the community, to take from the community, but to, you know, like stories from the community, but to also give back to the these you know things in the community and uh, I, I think that's you know refreshing in, in, in the times that we're in where news is very divisive and, and that, that, that you know they're actually trying to cause division to get stories you know I mean we've seen it recently you know with the uh, the, the Megan versus the royal family thing you know mm -hmm. you, you pick a side or and, and it's, it's, it's all the time, you know, on issues, it's like they're, they're trying to do it, you know, old versus young, men men versus women, you know. Mm. And uh, I, I just don't get it, you know. And I think let, let's just go back to those days. Like, I can remember when, you know, when I was a kid and you, know, you watch the news in the 80s, the, the old BBC newsreaders, um, it, they, they just presented to you the, the story. Then you made up your own mind. Hmm. I like that was fine, you know. There was no, or oh, we think you should do this, or we we think you should think like this. And I think it was, yeah. I, I just like that the idea of going back to that. Really, I I agree with you, and I think, in terms of the whole Meghan Markle thing, I'm going to say one thing. It has caused family division. It has caused um, for me, and it has caused problems. Um, and I simply said, I would not watch the interview. I am not bothered by the situation. Um, if yeah. something has happened within the royal family to do with racism, then why shouldn't it be investigated? Of course it should be investigated. I'm against racism completely. Um, yeah, absolutely. And at the end of the day, me saying that I don't have an opinion on it does not make me ignorant. It means that actually I don't want to get involved with this because if I pick a side, then I'm just starting, yeah. I'm just joining in with what the, the, the puppeteers are wanting us to do um so no i oh, won't yeah. get involved with that and my opinion on that is i don't care i so if you ask me a question about it i'm just going to simply reply i don't care bigger things to worry about and and i thought with this whole mega markle thing easily me and you could have wrote an article about um megan markle and said that's her private life and she's just gone and thrown it all away or we support the queen god save the queen Royal Britannia, all that sort of stuff. But we didn't because we didn't want to pick sides. And also, it's not all we're about. You know, we're, we're yeah. not here for the media storm because actually, if we had done that, probably would have 
you know, got on loads of comments and engagement, but yeah. it's not worth it. That yeah, and I've gone against our values, you know, uh, uh, the values that we, we've we set up in G9 News on, you know, mm. it's, that's, uh, that's certainly from, you know, what I got from you when you when you pitched the idea. That's not that's not what I got, that what G9 News is about. You know, it's not not about that kind of journalism. No, we're not. And, and for anybody that doesn't know, it's volunteer run. There's about 20 or so volunteers and we, we publish stories probably three or four times a day. And we try to keep it factual. Uh, well, we do keep it factual. We try to keep it sort of, we try to keep it positive where we can. Um, because obviously there is times when it is impossible to keep a story, fa- uh, um, to keep it positive and sort of, how can I put it? To keep it positive and to uplift people because there is stories that are genuinely shocking. Um, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I'm, I also um, do, um, uh, well, it was a monthly magazine. At the moment, it seems to drift, drifted a bit during lockdown, but mm. I was doing a monthly magazine called um, Cheerful, which is an email magazine, which was to um, pr- promote uh, well-being and mental health. Mm. And that goes to about, I, I, I do it by email, but it it's, it's goes to about 1,000 people around Nottinghamshire area now. Wow. And, and uh, yeah, that, that what I tended to do is I said that, because um, because obviously with the name cheerful you're going for like you know positive stories but, mm. but as you say not everything can be you know turned into a positive story but I think it's just about the way I looked at it is I said sort of said that um I will go we will step with care you know with stories that might be might trigger somebody or that, that we will go carefully with a with a story that's we're not we're not going to we're mindful of how that story might reflect on somebody. So, and I, th- I think if, if you go with with something like that, I don't think it's, it's so much that it's because there, there are going to be negative stories out there, but uh, or you know bad things happening. But it's, it's it's about how you report them, really, rather than sensationalizing them. It's just about yeah, well, being responsible. Of, when you do that. At the end of the day, we have um, we are humans. Hopefully, most of us moral beings that understand people's thoughts emotions and how they would feel and be impacted by my article so when i write my well i used to write the go green challenge i wanted to encourage people to get involved because it's something that i'm quite passionate about um and i'm not forcing it on anybody but the article is all about working green and i thought we want people to think more green Mm. there was an article the other day about a guy who had his headphones stolen on central avenue yeah yeah what's going on in central avenue it's quite sad you know my family grew up there my dad my grandparents and it's made me quite sad to see some of the comments people are making about them easily we could have said something really nasty about the area in the title which could have got loads of views right because there will be organizations that will remain nameless that will do that without care because yeah they they have they want to make profit to put to their shareholders yeah and this isn't an anti-capitalist statement this is just me being honest yeah what is happening in central avenue is not a call for oh look at this horrible place let's criticize it in our newspaper to sell views it's more a case of actually let's tell people what's going on how they can help 
um, reduce crime in that area, how they can help make it into a better community to live in, and also by us communicating with councillors as part of a news organisation um, and as journalists to see what we can do to help that area. And by if we didn't report what's going on in that area, then people wouldn't be informed and then we couldn't yeah. do it. We are informing, we're not selling news, you know, and that is the thing that I built. No. I always said we wouldn't make profit. We wouldn't do that. I've always said that we wouldn't waste time trying to sell a story or sell something that's extremely negative and won't, you know, help people. Because at the end of the day, there was always that idea of if you're not making a big, crazy headline, um, you're not going to get that many views. Um, because it's, mm. you know, that is partially true. If you, unless you're having a massive headline with some really shocking news, usually it doesn't actually amount to anything. But the way we built it up is we just are honest. We're factual. We don't make it paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs because the thing is people usually, and I do this, will only read the first paragraph or so and that's it. Find out a bit of yeah. and they're done. So keep it short and simple, keep it factual and there you go. Yeah, and I think you know the writers who we've got. You know, they're writing about their what they're interested in. So it, that that sort of like the enthusiasm, it sort of comes onto the page, and and I think I think that's good. You know, rather than just. I, mean, I can imagine if you're in the Nottingham Post, you just get given this. Can you, can, can you write about this? You, you might not probably care less about it. But but and um, you know, it's just doing it because you're getting paid to do it. But I think that you know that we've got that leeway to to do to comment, do stories that we're interested in. I think that's a I think that's a good thing because it's it's sort of like if you're if you're interested in it and your you, your interest comes across on the page, then that that's that's going to interest other people. You know, mm, exactly. And at the end of the day, if you don't want to do a story, you don't have to do a story. That's what we always. That's the way the group works. If you don't want to yeah. do a story, you're not comfortable doing a story. Then somebody else might be and even if they're not i'll do it you know and i'll enjoy i enjoy writing stories as a whole no matter what they are you know i have that passion for it and i've enjoyed it it was more speaking in the first lockdown now it's speaking and writing so i'm kind of i'm enjoying this um sector that we've moved into and i'm really glad it's been a crazy first two months and we've done a lot better than i first expected um you know, to think that we've got people tagging us in things and actually asking us questions, messaging us, emailing us and engaging with us is something that I thought, actually, we are proving people wrong, you know, because at the end of the day, people want to hear the news and the Nottingham Post do that. Other news organisations do that. But do they do it like how we do it? Yeah, don't know. yeah. And, and I'm all for these community initiatives such as the Beestonian. I love the Beestonian magazine. I do read that quite, you know, whenever it comes out, I'm always reading it. Um, so I'm actually going to get my copy very soon, which I think you can get from Hallam's and a few of the shops, um, which are really cool. But yeah, just support local. That's kind of what we are. You know, we are volunteers. You know, we are doing our best. You know, um, if there is a problem, like though, that's nice. I do, I do the week the weekend column, you know, the charity, the, the charity and voluntary sector news, yeah. and I think that's like quite good because it's like a carry on of because the, the volunteer centre is actually closed now altogether. Mm. You know, the one we had in Beeston, where I worked, it's actually closed altogether now. So I, I think it's it's good that 
that's sort of carrying that on because the nearest one we've got now is, is Nottingham or, or Long Eaton or somewhere like that. So, so we haven't actually got a volunteer centre. So it's good to you know present to do do an article each week on on some like a charity or or, or an event that's going on. Well, when when events start up again, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, just give, giving some more information about these charities, and it, I think that it's, it's going to be a good thing for the charities because they they will, it, it, you know, people will be more aware of what they do. Mm, yeah, one hundred percent. Donations. I agree, and I, I really like uh, reading your um, weekend uh, charity and voluntary sector news because it's really nice. It's nice to to hear you know what you're talking about. Obviously, this week's one was. A very good thing that people are doing. Um, yeah. But it's quite a, a sad reason for them to have to do it, to think we're in a world where bleeding kits are needed. Um, but we're very thankful to the people that are doing it. Um, and, you know, you're a, a credit to our community. And, Thank you. Uh, and kind of the, the last thing that I'd like to say is, if anybody is interested in volunteering with us, come and join us. Maybe you've never thought about journalism. Maybe, in fact, you've never actually been interested Maybe you just want to try it out. Maybe you just want to give us one one day. You know, maybe you just want to write one thing for us. Even if you just thought, can I write one article for you? Yeah, sure. Drop us an email, you know. So, but for all the things that we've said during this podcast, I just want to say if anybody is struggling with mental health problems and if anybody does need help, we are here. Me and James are here. Um, you know, you can contact us on Facebook, you know, you can email the NG9 News, they're here as well. We're all here for you. Don't suffer in silence. As we said earlier, problem shared is a problem halved. And we're always here to talk. So, you know, it's been it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you today. I'm really glad that we've been able to speak. Um, yeah. And thank Likewise. you for joining me. Yeah. Thank you. So it's been episode 40 there, everybody, with James Towler. Um, and I really hope you did enjoy this episode. So do share, follow, and also tune in next Sunday as we interview um, Tez Elias. So thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in. Take care. Goodbye.